Good evening, everybody watching. We're going to be on tonight live with Tokyo. Everyone will know him from his big black dodge that he drives around and rescues people from frozen uh, rivers, Stratotech, uh, every event pretty much since I've been uh, running Spec D. He's been there helping out in some way, pulling people out, so that's great. Uh, just a little bit of update on what's going on this week. We're still up in the air whether or not we're running tomorrow night out at uh, Rad Torque Raceway. Just with the weather, if it's uh, stormy, we're going to cancel it. But just stay tuned, follow our social media for that, and we'll let you guys know. Another great thing, we were out in mission yesterday and tested the layout for the shootout. It, uh, it's going to be a fast one, it's exciting, and fairly soon we're going to be releasing that layout just doing some finalization on it, but registration is open for that. Uh, it's on the SPECD website under the store. You'll find it, so there's a registration open for that. Um, and yeah, I see Tokyo's waiting there, so let's get him in and we'll chat about all things that he does. Give it a sec. Hey, how's it going? Good, buddy. How you doing? Well, you know, it's not too bad. It was a interesting day. We were out in mission yesterday, so we flew back this morning, tested a new layout at the uh, at the raceway there. So it's exciting, exciting week. All the way to mission, just go hang out and check out the racetrack. That's commitment. Oh, commitment. Yeah, we had uh, Ian Fournier and Gaston. They uh, tested a couple of different layouts for us, so. Want to really make sure that it was going to run well and uh, all doable. So, yeah, it was a you know a quick trip. Just went out for the day, and it was it was really good to get out. So, for people who don't know you, I mean, everyone around the Fort McMurray area definitely knows you, and anybody in drifting knows you. Anybody at Strato Bash will know you, but for everybody who isn't, tell us a little bit about who is Tokyo. Uh, so I'm Tokyo Mike Collins, um, originally from the East Coast. Uh, live in Fort Mac. Been in the drift scene now. I was trying to do dates uh, earlier and try, try to figure out when it was. And my first ever drift event in Alberta was uh, 2010. Okay. And my mother was out visiting and we were visiting an uncle in Sherwood Park. And I right. left Sherwood Park in my Volkswagen at the time and uh, went out to Stratotech. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 2012 was the very last year for DMCC in western canada yeah so that was kind of my first introduction didn't know anybody went sat in the stands and was like hey cool people drive cars sideways this is you know this is pretty badass um coming from the east coast we didn't have any of that uh i'm i'm a straight line racer and have been since forever i mean sometimes i go straight and upside down but that's <laughs> neither here nor there and then uh 20 fast forward to 2012 um i bought my truck and uh, Matt Murphy was like, hey, uh, if I pay fuel, do you want to tow my truck out to Penticton for the um, Drift West event? Sure, let's go. So we went out to, to uh, Mission, or not Mission, Penticton, and yeah. uh, got, got to meet a lot of the guys there. I, I, think I, did, I don't think I met you until 2013, the following year. Yeah, probably. Uh, and then kind of fell in love with drifting. Um, I've always tried to be involved in motorsports in some way, shape, or form. 
And uh, when, when I showed up the following year at a, a drift event with my truck already set up for off-road recovery, it just made sense to go hang out in the center of the racetrack and uh, pull people out of gravel traps and, and off the, the toolies. I guess so. Okay, so give us the reason. Uh, every time I see storms or something like that, we watch it on, on Facebook or on Instagram. You're the first one to post, hey, if you need a boost, my truck's running, give me a shout. So why, why is your truck set up for off-road rescue when that's not your job? <laughs> well, before I had my truck, um, I had bought a, a Subaru. And with the Subaru, I kind of decided to buy a Jeep to go play in the massive woods. Uh, so it's always been a thing that I've been into even going back east. So jeeping, being in the woods, doing recoveries, rescuing people. And then uh, I, I built a truck that was capable to use it. And I mean, to this day, I'm not afraid to take it in the woods, get it dirty, get it scratched. It's, it's built to work and it'll work until it dies. I, I enjoy doing it. I believe in karma, getting out and helping people. And uh, it pays off at some point. In different All right. Ways. Yeah. So give us one of your, your, your best stories of... Uh one of the rescues I know we were talking I, I was up doing something in Fort Mac and we bumped into each other and you were pulling some truck out of the ice or buried in the yeah. lake or something if you actually if you google or go to YouTube and look up a day at the SNY S-N-Y-E um, yeah. during the winter play festival which was the one that you were bringing ice up for sculptures uh, yeah. in I think it would have been 2013 um, out around the channel where the snai is, the water flows very fast and it's shallow, so it never actually freezes there. And every year, people go through the ice. Uh, right. So I happened to be down at winter play at the time, shooting some photos of the the snowboard setup, and uh, saw a truck through the ice. So strapped up to it. My other buddy that was there with a, a thousand horsepower Chevy strapped to me, and we tried to pull this thing out of the ice. Uh, ended up not working because it was the the front end was down below the ice, um, yeah. but we held it up topside until the tow truck was able to put a winch on it and and carry on. And then a couple of years later, same thing. Somebody drove through the ice. We were out till two o'clock in the morning. Two or three chainsaws, two or three tow trucks, a couple of anchor trucks. Just it's something to do. It's a small town, and I like to be involved. <laughs> All right, you know, I, I I got that. Some of us just like sit by the fire and. Uh you know, watch TV and you're out there doing it. It's, it's a great community. And I think that's something that we've, we've really uh, seen in the, in the drift community. Now you got lots of people that come from the, from the area. You know, I think uh, Jesse Foote, one of the first ones to make a big impact on me probably just with his driving. And then of course, yep. uh, Mark Dunbar, when he just came and sort of took the show one year, just out of nowhere, you see him driving great and doing big things and the 881 crew. So there's been a really good drift community that comes out, uh, well, I guess down from, from Fort Mac, but it's sort of that same camaraderie. I don't know how many times I've met people and I don't know them, they don't know me, but they know somebody there and they're hauling parts from God knows what all the way up there. So it's a really, it's a really good community and we, and we like that and I think probably uh it cemented it in during the fires up in in fort mac when everybody was sort of forced to evacuate and they were 
all over the place and we were doing drift events. I think we had one of our main events then and just tried to get people out to do something different and take their mind off of, you know, yep. all their, yeah, you all their lives burning yeah. down. And spread the word because there was a, a Thursday night practice because I think we mm -hmm. evacuated on uh, Tuesday into Wednesday and uh, you guys put the word out like, hey, if you're from Fort Mac, come check out drifting, no admission, you know, come enjoy it, check it out. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's a big gesture. And that was, that was awesome to, to bring a lot of the folks that we evacuated with that maybe never had a chance to see drifting, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know, it, give them something that's uh, not all misery and watching the news and how bad things are up in Fort Mac. So they were able to come down and enjoy that. Um, so I, I guess, it gives you something to do, but what, what, what motivates you to drive like the uh, six hours down to pull people out of, I mean, our first so, straddle batch was, was, I said, Hey, do you want to do it? And you're like, yes, this sounds amazing. And I think we went all out and it was just people in, in the gravel and in the, in the, over the banks and wherever at, at Stratotech. And uh, tell us a little bit about the first experience at our Strato Bash. Well, so for, for me to get to Fort Sask to Strato Tech is just over four hours door to door, okay. four, four and a half if I stop for fuel. But I'm from small town uh, on Cape Breton Island, and I'm four hours from the major center of Halifax. So okay. growing when I was involved with the Low Motion Import Club it was nothing for me to travel four hours to Halifax for a show or five and a half hours to New Brunswick for a show. So I've been doing this since I was, you know, 17 or 18 years old. I'm used to traveling for events. Mm -hmm. So I think first straddle bash, uh, I was like 120 kilometers on my truck in two days on, on the property. Um, I, I lost count of how many vehicles I pulled out. Probably, I, I wouldn't doubt to say I hooked up to over 50 in two days between myself and, and Dan Gallant, who's, who's been with me two out of two, out of two years. And I think uh, work schedules lined up and he'll be, he'll be in the passenger seat again this year. So it's, um, it's really interesting to see the difference. I, I know for the second year, you did a lot more vetting with trying to get some more um, experienced drivers. Uh, yeah. And if you recall back the first day on Saturday, we dealt with rain and it was probably noon before the first person started hitting the ditch on day two or, or yeah. day one of two. So to see the difference in improvement with people taking their time and not trying to go out and go, you know, 130 kilometer an hour entry into turn number one on their first lap out and watching yeah. how people take site laps and cool down laps and just people learning. And then as the day goes on, I'm happy when people start going off because it means they're pushing, they're learning and they're, they're having fun. Right. But when people are yeah. just ending up 30 feet in the middle of nowhere, first thing in the morning, it's just being foolish. Right. <laughs> well, we, we made the joke. Uh, I think, I think the first year when Jesse was there, he, he was trying to get through that number one gravel trap. Like he was almost to the other side and we had rocks going from that gravel trap, hitting the building. And it was, it was crazy. So yeah. I, think, I said that, I think that this weekend when we were down. I said that banner on that that uh, glass balcony is because of the first year of Straddle Bash, where Jesse yeah, we yeah went tried to come through the other side and actually debeated a tire that ended up at the building. Yeah, we had some good times on the first one. I, I think yeah. that was probably it 
for Strato Bash one was uh, we weren't necessarily sure that the track was going to be open for a year or two. So everyone was, we're going to get all of the drifting in and all of the things that we wanted to do for the last two years. And if I guess if that didn't shut it down, um, we cemented it and we have it again planned. Uh, we're going into the third one of Strato Bash and it should be a, should be another great time out there. And I think just more experience on the track will be good for the people. And uh, I mean, we always say you, you never get track experience if I don't let you on the track. So we try to give it uh, to everybody out there. So well, um, you, you look at for straddle bash and, and I think there was a lot of people that were kind of uh, reserved or worried about seat time when they saw that there was, you know, 110 drivers. And yeah. that was the first time at any sort of an open drift event that we ended early because nobody was running anymore. They were either out of tires, out of skill, or just had had enough after two days. Yeah. And yeah. that doesn't happen. No, no, but the, it's, it's true. They always, they start the first part of the Saturday and I say, trust me, you're going to get all the driving you, you can handle. And uh, like you came down for this last event, we were out there on Saturday for the, uh, for the season opener at Stratotech and, there was a lot of driving to be had as well. There was, we had 22, I think, registered drift guys out and um, it, it was a great event. And I don't know, the drifting is something special out there. It seems to be, seems to be the hit. Um, yeah, that was, we were that all... was different. That was the first event, whether it be a drag strip or a drift event that I've been there with no responsibility and sitting in the stands. Even even when we go drag racing, it's, you know, helping with Kyle or helping run somebody's car or running in and out of the pits or filming for, for Kyle's YouTube. And this time I just sat in the stands and watched like everybody else and went, this is pretty nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess get a little bit of a break where we didn't have you uh, with the tow rope hooked onto the truck. But I guarantee if somebody was in the gravel, you would have been jumping in your truck and uh, probably both. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. So another another question. You, we were talking a little bit on Saturday as well about uh, you do quite a bit of drag racing. You uh, give us a little bit more of what you do um, sort of in the your downtime or what your motorsport of choice is. Uh, I, I like anything fast enough to do something stupid on wheels. Um, Thankfully, due to some some bad influences of friends and and their uh, want to assist, um, prior to wrecking my car, I had a, a 850 horsepower 1978 Malibu um, that last year got to do Miles of Mayhem, which is the the Canadian Drag Week. Uh, okay. So we did. Um, we started in Rimby, went from raced in Rimby, went from Rimby to Medicine Hat, Medicine Hat to SIR, SIR to Forsberg. Forsberg back to Rimby. So 1,800 kilometers, five days, four different tracks, have to make a pass at every racetrack and hand in a slip uh, and do it completely self-contained. So no trailer, no truck, just what you have in your vehicle or in the trailer that you tow behind your vehicle. Okay. And for a, for a car with a Turbo 400 that was built to never leave Fort McMurray, uh, I never imagined doing an 1,800-kilometer road trip in five days, and uh, I can't wait for, for Miles of Mayhem this year in August to do it again, whether I do it with my car or do it with the uh, the compound triple-turbo Honda Civic. 
okay? The compound triple turbo Honda Civic. So tell us a little bit about Kyle. I see, I see some stuff and I sort of see you in the background of, of a lot of what, what he's up to from building, um, what a dragster lawnmower to the yeah. Honda Civic with Skidoo tracks as wheels. Yeah, so uh, for, for those who don't know, um, Kyle Williams is, is Boosted Lifestyle on YouTube. Um, he's in, in the start of 2022, uh, he quit a full-time job with a big oil company to chase YouTube full-time. Okay. Um, like you said, he's, he's done some pretty insane stuff. Um, speaking of the drag and drive events, he actually went with uh, Rich Guido, who's from Red Deer. Uh, they did an event called Sick Week, which was in February this year in Florida. So they actually okay. drove uh, Rich, Rich's dad and Kyle in a 1966 1300 horsepower stick shift GTO from Red Deer, Alberta to Florida. Then they did the 1200 mile event and then drove back to Red Deer. Uh, they actually ended up winning the stick shift class for that miles, uh, that, that drag and drive event. And okay. now Kyle kind of hooked. Um, his car is going to eventually go end up going stick shift because it just makes more sense with these drag and drive events. But uh, he got to meet a lot of guys uh, over the years. We went to TX2K a couple of years back. We got to kick it with uh, uh, that dude in blue, David Patterson, who knew Kyle, knew the, the car that he had built, uh, the 1320 guys. Because at the time, Kyle had built the his Mustang uh, with a LS swap with eight turbos on it, one per cylinder. Uh, which is the same turbos that were on the Honda Civic, which he had four of, which is now going two, feeding a GT35. And it's the same turbo that he strapped to the side of my Honda Shadow motorcycle. Okay. And the same turbo that he's put on the 660 Raptor motor in the lawnmower that made 47 horsepower. And he just basically boosted lifestyle. He, he turbos everything he can get his hands on, and they work. Um, if, if anybody remembers watching uh, Life OD, Orion from the original Haggard Garage, they did right. one, turbo, one turbo per cylinder on a Mazda uh, 3 Series back, way back, but they did it with plumbing, piping, and it never made any boost. Um, the four turbo Civic that Kyle made, made 411 horsepower to the tires, and the Mustang made uh, seven something to the tires with her... Um, hurt turbos so it's, it's just all about uh being innovative and being different so he, he he has an idea and uh and we go with it like the he he's the reason my neon lived as long as it did uh the time that he put in on that every time it got broken and uh when i wanted to to build a malibu because i had an opportunity he was like well what we're gonna turbo it and i just kind of went okay whatever you want to do if you want a fab a twin turbo kit let's Let's do it. And uh, I, I never wanted to make more than 600 horsepower because I wanted a streetcar. And then, yeah, it just gets ridiculous. So, sounds like uh, you guys kind of get locked away in the in the cold weather of the winter and you roll out in the first break of hibernation and uh, you roll something out of the garage. It's just crazy and people don't know why, but here we are, we're doing the boosted lifestyle. So I... I you got to appreciate that. But now the question is, uh, maybe a drift car is something like that. He sounds like a guy who 
uh, is silly enough to do something drift related and, uh, you know, fast enough to do something silly in. We, we talked about it a couple of times. Um, I think the next motorsport that he'll dip his toe into will probably be time attack. Okay. Um, with, with Matt Murphy opening reboot racing in Fort Mac with the, with the fancy Sims. Um, Kyle kind of caught the bug and bought himself a little uh, budget at home setup. So he's, he's been putting in time on high racing and, and starting to really enjoy it. So okay. I, I think he may end up away from straight line racing in the next couple of, or building something to be away to try another type of racing. So it'll be interesting, but we're, we're still going to drag race. He still wants yeah. that elusive second slip. And I'd yeah. like to see a nine second slip out of a street car. So, well, no, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Speaking of Matt Murphy, it was too bad we lost him to the road racing thing, but uh, he is killing it out there. I know he drives quite a bit with Conroy, does rotary things. So I always approve of that. And uh, good, good stuff there. <laughs> All right. So, so somebody was asking me earlier, right? So why Tokyo? Where's Tokyo come from? Oh, God. So it was before the movie Tokyo Drift. Um, okay. We ended up, uh, a whole bunch of us, and, and the guy who coined me that name, is his name's Carter Ivey. He actually lives in Edmonton now, but he's, he's from home. Uh, it started off with Need for Speed Underground, I think, which okay. is one of the video games that you could actually drift in. Um, it started with that, and then I think about 118 beer from a bootlegger on a holiday, uh, and my old Honda Civic, and he, we were out sliding around being, being idiots, and he told me he was going to call me Tokyo, and I told him it was stupid, and that would never stick, and I lost that bet. And here, here you are, yeah. Everyone knows here you as Tokyo. Nobody really knows you, any, you by anything else, so. No, so that would have been like 07, maybe? 06? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Give me, give me one of your uh, best memories from drift event. I, I have one in mind where, where the Fort Mac boys really shined. I want to see if it lines up. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say the first season uh, with, with Mr. Dunbar, okay. um, watch him come down and compete and get rookie of the year and, and actually podium at an event. Um, I'd been pushing him because Dunbar moved to Fort Mac from Ontario uh, he had reached out on one of our local pages, you know, hey, I'm moving, looking for the car community. And, and I tried to convince him for a lot of years to, to cage his car and go compete. And uh, finally he did, and he showed up and, and podiumed. And it was, it was quite interesting. The other one would probably be the weekend that Murphy destroyed his car two days in a row, uh, from wrecking it on Saturday to rebuilding it to wrecking it on Sunday for the final time. Right. And it's... Uh, being a part of that is is fun. I'm I'm not the most mechanically inclined hand on hands on person, but I understand how to do it and what needs to be done, and it's yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, I seem to recall the event with uh, first year with with Mark down there, and I I'm thinking of your truck hooked onto one of his uh, front frame rails and yanking it straight somehow in the pits during a five minute call. And yeah, yep. yeah, it's good, it's good. So yeah, and then Ingram drift Jesus with his long hair, as as Cecilia says. Yeah, and that stuck. Jesus. And then and then we all found out that the real drift Jesus, that well young out of uh, Amsterdam, it was like, hang on here. I'm, <laughs> but we uh, we we already stole that name, so it's good to see. Um, exactly. 
it, it, those are those are the great times. I mean, Matt Murphy wrecking the car on the uh, road course. Um, I blame that completely on his on his being insistent on using nitrous. <laughs> See, so the, the problem was, if you remember that season, uh, we had just picked up his car from it would have been Moretto at the time with the built 4.6 and we towed all the way out to Penticton. Within 15 minutes, he toasted the motor and wrecked rod bearings. So yeah. with the wide body and the CCWs and the 265s, when he swapped back to a stock motor, he had no choice but to run nitrous to get those to spin. And, but yeah, it was, yeah. You know, it, it's That's just, it's like, it's that same stuff. I mean, I don't think it was tuned for the nitrous, but I mean, there you go. It was, uh, it was a good time. I remember the car and, uh, you know, beautiful memories <laughs> like that. <right? laughs> and, and I think those rims, I owned those rims after, after Conroy and then they went back to Conroy and you know what, they still live in drifting somewhere. I'm sure. Um, yep. what, what's your, what's your favorite style of event? I know you, you're kind of down for whatever if it's uh um from a competition to the grassroots days what do you like to see and what sort of inspires you to keep keep coming down and and giving your time for this um i like seeing people improve whether it's whether it's a, a grassroots day or whether it's a competition um I, I can remember very vividly going back to when we first started running the road course at castro and taking the large bank turn and mm -hmm. initially guys weren't able to get into the second turn without doing a manji on that straight until right. it was like started pushing and guys started running harder and being able to link those corners with a little bit more throttle a little bit more speed a little bit more handbrake because the first driver's meeting in the morning guys were like hey th this isn't possible we we can't do that and then yeah. rolling into competition Everybody's doing it, including, you know, Roy Teeter and his 170 horsepower BMW. Right. Just pushing and learning is mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I love to see. And seeing new faces and them to go door to door and then seeing old guys like uh, Van Galen come back for, for Straddle Bash. Like, that guy was a legend when I first came to drifting in, in 2011. And, yeah. you know, these guys are coming back out of the woodwork and, and coming to drive. Yeah, I, I, I agree there too. I think that's uh that's a good part about drifting is that I always say the wise the wise ones never sold their drift cars and because once you get rid of it, it's tough to get back once you start living the adult life. But to see so many of the, the guys that were that I was watching before I was uh competing is great to see them coming back out and driving and having a good time and still that camaraderie that now goes you know what we're probably 15 16 years in the alberta drift scene at least to see yep. first ones that were starting it being able to come and still drive again with the with the new guys and and just enjoy that right um well, I, I think he built a, an ls bmw with the intention to do some fun days didn't he yes he did and he, he reached out and alex lee has an has an open invite to to anything for sure i mean he's he's one that i'd love to see come back and drive and i think in a simpler setup that's maybe a little more budget friendly to run because you know when when we watched him in his in his big g 
ripping around there. He was, he was those are expensive laps because he had a heavy foot, I think, and everything, right? So I think just a little bit more budget friendly would be nice. And, and no offense to, to any of the younger people who, or the people who want to do something different. Um, but I, I can remember going through this with Murphy when he ran uh, Doug Vanderbrink's angle kit. And it was like, okay, if he chucks it into the wall and hurts a knuckle, unless he has a spare, he's got to wait for this guy to produce a kit. Yeah. And nowadays, there's so many people that, I'm not going to call it unoriginal, but they're getting into chassis that have support. You break yeah. an inner tie rod for uh, an S chassis. Well, Power by Max has them. Somebody has one in the pit. You mess yeah. up uh, an arm for a BMW. Somebody's going to have one in Alberta, if not in Alberta, in Canada. You can have it in two or three days. Yeah. The ability for people to, to tone down their setups and not have to fab one-off parts and the availability for aftermarket to be able to buy a handbrake kit and an angle kit that's still street drivable that doesn't put you, you know, fully right. cambered out is enough that you can go enjoy for a weekend. It's, it's made it a lot easier for people to come out and enjoy a daily as a drift car. Yeah. And we definitely see the, the change. I mean, I think last year we were mostly BMWs at uh, open drifts and, and so many BMWs out at Strato Bash, still lots, but now we're seeing like the, uh, the big G 35s there. Yep. There's a ton of those out. And they seem to be a really good uh, platform and fairly budget friendly, you know, low cost to get into. And they got enough power to, to get around where they're not destroying a set of tires every couple of laps. Um, so yeah, you've seen a lot of drifting and you've watched it, you know, lots of times right from track side in the most precarious spots on track. Who do yep. you, who stands out as one of the most improved drivers in your mind that you've seen them sort of, show up when you're uh, just crazy. I'm probably going to have to say Austin Jensen. When when he got that LS S chassis finally dialed in, that guy was was a, a contender. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it, like two, two and a half years ago? The 2019-2020 yep. season? He was just, he was very consistent. It didn't matter what went on. He, he stayed calm, he stayed cool, and he just ran his car. And it was, yeah. it was awesome to watch because, I mean, I don't get down to a lot of practices, but I saw a lot of photos and videos of practices when he started coming out and yeah. head over heels into it and built a pro car. And, yeah, he, I mean, he was at the event at Stratotech when they, they had some mechanical issues. He ended up podiuming him, if I'm not mistaken, if not yeah, in the sport. Yeah, you know, he did, he did really well. He, when he changed it from the, when, the blue car, he went over that one winter. I think he put a new yep. motor in or built something himself in the garage. And he turned up at the next, uh, in the next spring at like first practice and was like completely sideways and looked like he had a thousand horsepower out there. And he just, just changed the uh, style of driving or something just snapped him and, and changed it. Um, all I, right. I yeah. I, I, when you're not fighting with your car, whether it be for mechanical or angle binding or tires hitting the frame or when you have a well-sorted car, it allows you to get seat time and you have no choice but to improve when you're already caged and you get to go door to door with guys like Aaron Day or Marco or any of the other full cage cars that come out to practice, right? Mm -hmm. Once you make a jump and you get to go door to door, which guys can now do at, at Straddle Bash, 
But prior to that, unless you were caged, you, you didn't get to push yourself against the other pro drivers. So it made it difficult to get to that next level. Um, yeah. For a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. As we're, we're going to close out here, give me some, your, your number one advice that you're going to give to people. Um, what's the one thing that they need to have on the car to make, uh, make their life easy and make your life easy? Toe points. I don't care if they're identified, but, but make sure they're easy to get at, especially like for competition events, it's not so bad because it's, you know, lead in a chase run. Um, you're not holding anybody up, but for an event like straddle bash, where we only go cold on a corner or two, um, the ability for, for myself or Dan to jump out of the truck and clip onto a toll point and pull you out and have the track back up and running in, you know, two to three minutes of delay. If that is the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah, instead of trying to crawl underneath the car and uh, hook onto some suspension arm that you don't know whether you're going to rip it off when you pull it. Or try to Fair. go off a roll cage and tip over a G35 right in front of the grandstands, whatever, you know? Well, I mean, that was good. You were just testing the durability of the... Okay, do you, do you have it? Do you have the... Uh, do you got the trophy yep. kicking around? All right. Hang on. Got to show the trophy. So there's a little story here between this is uh, this is a, a famous thing that that Tokyo did at one of our main events when we were at uh, at Castle Raceway. And when we were still allowed to uh, do our <laughs> all right, our award ceremony, we made this trophy for for Tokyo. There you go. Yeah, so I think Chris, Chris had hit the barricades uh, and I didn't want to try and pull because I didn't want to wreck his front arm. So I was trying to go low on the cage and just get him to skid around so I could pull him forward. So yeah. that didn't quite work. He went up on two tires, but hey, it's all in good fun. It looked pretty good. I mean, the, the cage held up and there was no harm, no foul. It was pretty decent, right? Um, yeah, I was just doing gonna be making checking the structural of the cage. <laughs> yeah, we have to test the, the welding on it, right? That was a good time, yeah. though. Are you yep. going to be making it out to our mission shootout? I'm unsure. I don't think so at this point because in, uh, okay. like I said, in August, I'm, I'm doing miles of mayhem. So for me, that's, uh, I've got a tow from Fort Mac to Medicine Hat. And then from Medicine Hat, we do the 1800K in the cars. And then I've got a tow back from Medicine Hat. So that's, that's my big event this year. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll see, but I, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it out to mission or not. Maybe I'll fly okay, it just to come hang out. Sure, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a nice short flight, and Abbotsford is really close there. So I think that would be, that would be great. Um, yeah, any any parting words? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, any anybody that wants to get involved in drifting, um, a lot of people are, are often uh, scared to approach people in, you know, drifting scenes or any drag racing, any car scenes. Um, but the most times, if you approach someone, they're more than willing to chat about it, show you. Um, go see Sean. Go see the guys at Thursday night drift practices at Castro. Get in a car. See what it's all about. It, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's an experience you'll never get anywhere else. And if you're at all interested, check it out. Or if you come out in September to Straddle Bash, um, bring a helmet. Get in a car with somebody. It's fun. Exactly. It's, you, you'll never yeah. have more fun. Yeah, for sure. 
And if you see, uh, if anybody sees you, you'll point them in the direct right direction. You know, just about everybody in every scene from in Alberta anyway. So you'll, you'll be able to point them in the right direction of who to see there. So exactly. awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, Good luck on your on your builds and your cars, whatever you're running for that Miles of Mayhem. I hope it goes well for you. And uh, I'll let you you sign off and I'll I'll finish off. Sounds good, man. See you, buddy. All right. Talk to you later. Well, it's awesome to uh, to have uh, Tokyo on there. He's just a great great person, a great uh, uh, ambassador of the sport every time you see him i don't think i've ever seen him having a a bad day even when uh they came down from the the fires in fort mcmurray he was smiles and uh always positive so he's just a great force of positive energy in the car community uh so registration is still open for our our our, our shootout event where we have chelsea denofa coming out he's going to be judging i sent him videos of the new layout uh, we're all getting really excited for to be running a new track at Mission this year and a, a new layout that's going to be challenging and, and really an even playing field where nobody else has run this before. But also we have our grassroots days that are coming up. You'll see them on the main page of the website. There's three dates uh, and the first one is, is June 11th. So you'll see two registrations for the June 11th event. And I'll just go through a little bit of it because there's been a bit of confusion on it. There's one ticket that you buy that is only for the open drift portion of the Saturday. So that goes from 9 a.m. until one o'clock. And then there's another 16 spots that are for people that are gonna be running in the grassroots competition. And this is open to, to anybody that it has a cage car we do require a cage for some of the competition, but a simple Sonoma style cage. So you can look that up. There's several um, fabricators locally that can, can get it done for you, probably within a weekend. It's a simple, like a one main hoop with a harness bar and that drops down to one single door bar on the driver's side. And that's really all that we need for that. So um, the first date is June 11th. Registration is still open. There is still spots available. And uh, I think it's going to be a really uh, good time and a way to just help people improve in their tandem skills and see whether it's what they're looking for in competition. I see uh, Delahaye's on there cheering for the Flames, cheering for the Oilers. Hey, let's hope somebody from Alberta wins. That's all we can say. And Delahaye's already left us and he's uh, living down in Texas. So I'm not sure what he's uh, cheering for the Calgary Flames for anymore. So with that, uh, I'll thank again Tokyo for coming on. And we'll see you guys on Saturday with our next guest.